Howdy. What's going on? Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. It is heard live every day, by the way, from noon until 3 on WBT Radio in Charlotte. And if you want exclusive content, invitations to events, the weekly live stream, my daily show prep with links, become a patron. Go to the PeteCallanerShow.com. This podcast is also supported by North Carolina businesses, so please consider supporting them. Try not to skip through their short ad. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to get every episode for free right to your smartphone or tablet. And thanks so much for your support. Uh, the email is Pete at the Pete show.com. And on Twitter, it's at Pete Calliner, where I do have a couple of tweets here. It's a Pete tweet. And this is from someone whose name I'm not going to read because it uh, might be deemed offensive. Uh, but they say, Pete, I am really missing the Twitter files mentions, followed by the Rockford files theme music. What's the Rockford files? I haven't done, I, I, yeah, I haven't done a mention of the Twitter files in a while. So, I, yeah, there you go. Any chance to play the Twitter files theme song? Okay. Um, this is from Moral Compass, who says, Hey, Pete, every time the CNN host last night would say something like, That's not true, or there's no evidence of that. I kept hearing the 60 Minutes interview where that host, I would be, uh, I believe it was Leslie Stahl, Denied the evidence of Hunter Biden's laptop. I don't trust the mainstream media on their fact checks anymore. Yeah, right. This is the problem. And this is why I asked the question. Like last night, I was doing a live stream and we were watching it during the stream. And I was like, well, uh, you know, what exactly is her is Caitlin Collins role here? What is she supposed to be doing? Right. Is she supposed to be fact checking in real time? This is what. You know, Donald Trump presents this, we are led to believe, right, this unique challenge because he lies all the time. He's got, you know, seven billion lies, right, all the time. And so if you're if you're going in there and your job is to fact check him and everything he says is a lie, then you better have all of the facts and spend as much time as needed in order to do that. You can't just say, and she did this on a number of occasions, she would just say, that's not true. That's not true. That's a lie. You can't, and at one point she told him, you can't say that. When he's talking about the election being rigged, she's like, you can't say that all night long. Like, yes, he can. And he did. And if you don't want him saying it all night long, then how about don't ask him questions about that, right? What you think he was going to say? So did you ask them the question in order to get him to, like, what, fall on his knees and apologize? Oh, I've sinned. I was wrong. I, I made it all up. You thought that was what's going to happen? In which case, if that's what you are trying to elicit out of him, okay, so now you're not really a fact checker, right? You are a debate opponent or you're an interrogator. You're a prosecutor of some kind, right? But here's the thing. You don't get the deference as an arbiter of truth because you're an opponent now on that stage, Right there, you you don't enjoy some sort of cloak of truthiness here, right? Where where I work at CNN, I am a journalist, and so therefore the things I say are true. And so when I say what you have said is not true, I have said truth, and you should believe me, audience. You don't get that benefit of the doubt any longer, not from me, and not in front of that audience, not anymore, not anymore. At one point, she literally says there were no fraudulent votes in Wisconsin. How could you say such a thing? 
How could you say such a thing? There's not a single fraudulent vote in Wisconsin. Now, maybe you could say, uh, okay, well, there wasn't enough fraud to affect the outcome of the election, right? Whatever. Like you, maybe you, you add enough ambiguity or wiggle words in there. And so you can make it true, but you can't say that you can't say there's no fraud in Wisconsin. That's, that is statistically impossible. And that's that your imprecision means that you are not a fact checker. They get into it all over whether or not, you know, the wall, he fulfilled his promise on the wall, where she said you only built 52 miles of new wall, and he keeps talking about, well, we, we replaced a bunch of other sections of the wall, and he's saying, I did fulfill my promise of the wall, and she's saying, no, you didn't. It's, you know, 52 miles of new wall, and he's like hundreds of miles of replacement wall, and they're just talking right past each other. She... It, Right, he uh, came up with the call with Zelensky, his perfect call. He's I was completely exonerated. It's what he said, I was exonerated. And she says, you were impeached. Both both are true. How could both be true? Well, I shouldn't say it's, it's not really true that he was exonerated. But he wasn't convicted, right? He called, you know, a crazy Nancy Pelosi, you know, she went after me, witch hunt, all this. But he wasn't convicted. Yes, he was impeached in the House, but he, he wasn't convicted. Once again, talking past each other. So so she is now a litigator, right? She is She's an opponent on that stage. Very last question. Actually, hang on a second. Why don't I just, I have the audio. I can't, I, I spent all this time pulling all this audio. I might as well play it. All right, how about this? Um... The final question. And it was over whether he would accept the results of the 2024 election. Will you commit tonight to accepting the results of the 2024 election? Yeah, if I think it's an honest election, absolutely, I would. Will you commit to accepting the results of the election regardless of the outcome? You want me to answer it again? If I think it's an honest election, I would be honored to. And right now we are so far ahead of both Democrat and Republican and you know what? If I don't win, this country is going to be in big trouble. It's so sad to see what's happening. But no commitment there on the accepting the results regardless of the if, outcome. If it's an honest election, correct, but, I will. Okay, so not committing to accepting the 2024 election results or acknowledging what happened in 2020. Go President ahead. Trump, I want to thank you for coming here tonight. This is an important conversation. All right, so that right there is a perfect encapsulation of what happened last night throughout the event. Listen to what he is saying. Look, I am hardly the Trump whisperer here, okay? I spent <laughs> I spent years trying to decipher Donald Trump's word salad. And I listened to people tell me, oh, you got to take him seriously, not literally. And, oh, Pete, you know what he means. And I know I don't know what he means because I'm a bit of a wordsmith. I prefer, you know, to have a, a uniform understanding of our basic common language. So when you say a word, we all know what you mean. And he uses these words that I think they mean something else. And then everybody's like, no, 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 it's not what he meant at all. It meant this other thing that he didn't even say, but he totally meant it. Like, I don't get any of that. But this, this is very clear. This, and I don't know if they honed this message or whatever, but this is the correct message. It is. She's asking him, will you commit to accept the election results in 2024? And his answer is, if it's an honest election. And she refuses to accept his answer. Because in her mind, he hasn't answered it. 
So what's he supposed to say? Like, okay, so what what if there is what if there is actual, legitimate, widespread, and universally understood and recognized fraud? What if that occurred? Right? What if like what if they literally catch Kamala Harris um you know, in true like Scooby Doo style, they like pull the mask off, or she's wearing one of those like little burglar masks, and she's got the uh, the little black hat on, and she's got like the uh, like the mime outfit or whatever. Well, I guess no, she's wearing all black, you know, black turtleneck and whatever, and she's like she's got like a bag, but instead of like a dollar sign on it, it's got ballots in it, and she gets caught. Right, she's caught red-handed, and. They ripped the mask off like, Kamala Harris, oh, I'd have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for you kids, right? Like, she, they totally nab her in the act, committing the vote fraud. And he's supposed to say, oh, well, I guess you won. I, I said I was going to accept the outcome. Like, this is absurd. His answer is the correct answer. Will you commit tonight to accepting the results of the 2024 election? Yeah, if I think it's an honest election, absolutely, I would. Will you commit to accepting the results of the election regardless of the outcome? Regardless of, so she throws that in there. So she's like trying to pin him down on something. What, do you, like, what are you trying to pin him down on? His is, that's the correct answer. Like, yeah, if it's a legit election, I'm going to accept the results. Answer it again. If I think it's an honest election, I would be honored to. And... Right now, we are so far ahead of both Democrat and Republican. And you know what? If I don't win, this country is going to be in big trouble. It's so sad to see what's happening. But no commitment there on the accepting the results regardless of the if, outcome. If it's an honest election, correct. But, I okay, so not committing to accepting the 2020 election results or acknowledging what happened in 2020. President Trump, I want to thank you for coming here tonight. This is an important conversation with voters to hear and to have. Thank you to our audience and to our host, St. Anselm Collins. All right, so how that ended is also how, like, this, this pivoting that she does there at the end. Refuses to accept it, re- reframes what he said, and and casts it as a thing he didn't say, and then immediately shifts to another question or to a you know she segues to some other uh, show element. In this case, it's the closing out of the uh, of the program, and she did it throughout the entire litigation, the entire debate last night, and the audience knew it. You heard the reaction in the audience as she did it. We all see it. We all hear it. This is not how you win people back. This is why I laugh when I hear these lefties. They're like, oh, this is sending out the bat signal to the right wingers. Like CNN is open for business. We're listening to your views. Uh, I can tell you, watching that last night, my opinion of CNN has not changed. All right, now you've heard me talk about them. Old Grouch's Military Surplus. They're expanding with more ways to get your hands on authentic U.S. military surplus items. Go to oldgrouch.com. Check out the links for the online auctions for rare finds and the vintage shop. Unique, really cool items from modern tactical gear to historical collectibles. Tim at Old Grouch's is always finding new stuff. When I started the podcast at the beginning of the pandemic, my first advertiser was Old Grouch's. If you enjoy the show and derive any value from it, I'm hoping that you will consider supporting one of the businesses that make it possible. Lots of gift ideas for that person who loves the military style for fashion or decor. There really is something for everyone at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in beautiful downtown Clyde and online at oldgrouch.com. Uh, playing some of the audio here from the uh, uh, from the CNN debate between Caitlin Collins and uh, Donald Trump last night. Uh, let me go and get uh, Mark 
Oh, sorry, Mike. Hello, Mike. Welcome to the program. How are you? Hello, Big. Uh, pleasure talking to you, fellow Long Islander. Okay. Well, we all have our crosses to bear. That's... I know. Well, what can I say? <laughs> but anyway, what bothered me is just what you said. It wasn't a debate between the Caitlin and Donald Trump. I felt sorry for all the people that had questions to ask who never got a chance to ask them. She she um, took over all their time with her, you know, her comments and didn't give them a fair break. Yeah, so that that's true. She would use them oftentimes as a pivot when she would be in a back and forth exchange, and she was tro- uh, she was trying to get the last word in on Trump, yeah. and then she would immediately shift to uh, to somebody in the audience so she could uh, shut him down. That was obviously intentional. So that wasn't a, a town hall. That was uh, a debate. Right, and I I fully uh, recognize that they had like those audience members. They knew everybody knew what their questions were. They had them written down. She introduced them, told, you know, OK, this is a tr- you know, the, he, this person voted for you, Donald Trump, and they're right. uh, Republican. So it was obvious that, yeah, those questions were scripted. Uh, if by the audience members themselves, then maybe some CNN people, too. I don't know. But um, I'll, I'll assume that the audience members asked their own questions, but they were but they, they were reading them off of a script. So they knew what the questions were about. Yeah, uh, well, that's true. But yeah, I think they only had maybe five, possibly six questions out of a, one hour and twenty minutes, or however long it was. Yeah, yeah, almost. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a. Yeah, I, I don't know how many others that were waiting didn't get a chance to ask questions, or maybe they maybe they did ask. That's all they had allotted time for. I don't know. That's a that's a good question though. I appreciate the call, Mike. Good to talk with you, sir. Um, now, Caitlin Collins. Used to work at, she originally got her start at the Daily Caller, uh, which is, you know, started by Tucker Carlson. Um, And uh, I thought this was an interesting, um, this was an interesting tactic that was uh, uh, suggested by Eric Erickson, the um, talk show host, over on his Substack. He says uh, that she was in a no-win situation. Um. Without appropriate deference to Mr. Trump, she was always going to get vilified by his supporters and much of the right. Just by being on the same stage as Trump and not shooting him, the left was going to excoriate her for normalizing Trump, right? So she was in a no-win position. Uh, The beginning of the town hall had Trump, again, claiming the election was rigged. She said it was not. The left insists the former president be fact-checked and rebutted in real time. And even her rebuttals did not get her applause, but hate from the left for not being even more combative. And Wood or uh, uh, Eric Erickson says, I think reporters make a mistake of engaging with Mr. Trump on the truth of the election instead of the logic of the election. What does he mean by that? Instead of rebutting, why not ask, well, if the election was stolen, is that not partly your responsibility because you were the president? You were in command of the Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, the Department of Justice, right? Did you not put Christopher Wray in at the FBI, Bill Barr as the Attorney General, right? You endorsed candidates that lost in Pennsylvania and Georgia and Michigan and Arizona, and many of those states were Republican, now they're Democrat. If you couldn't stop the steal in 2020 with Republicans in charge and you as the president, how do you expect to stop it in 2024? Particularly because you continue to reject early voting, right? So you play the logic— to get the facts. Don't play the facts and get denials. That's what he's espousing. Right? I, I'm I think there's merit to that tactic. I also think that 
if you are having a debate, which she was on any of these topics, that you have the debate on that topic. And it's one of my biggest frustrations with all debates is that the moderators, quote unquote moderators, the media people, they have a list of questions that they want to get to, that they want to ask. And honestly, the answers don't appear to be very relevant to them. They just want to ask their questions. It's why they it's why they hurry the candidates off to the next topic so fast. You know, it, it's it, it frustrates me because like, if you wanted to get at Trump last night over election denialism, then just keep going after him. Right. And, and if the whole thing is just about that one topic, then so be it. But this. I'm going to ask you a question about this. Oh, I don't like your answer, so I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge you. That's a lie. That's a lie. Okay, we're moving on. What was the point of that? Um, Chris uh, said uh, in an email about uh, RFK Jr.'s voice. Um, so I think the I think it's an urban legend or it's a it's a rumor. It's a myth. It's hashtag fake news um, that uh, some vaccination led to it. I think um, he's got some condition. It's like spasms in the voice box. It started like 10 years ago. Spasmodic dysphonia. Which. Like there's a joke there. Like this ain't no phonia or something. I'm not going to make it. But uh, the muscles inside the folds move involuntarily in spasm. So you can actually do Botox injections apparently. All right. Uh, Ken, welcome to the program. Hello, Ken. What's going on? Pete, how are you? Hey, I'm all right. What's up? Always enjoy your show. Well, thank you. Oh, wait, hang on. Always? Always. Wow. All right. Well, thanks. Whether we agree or not, I still enjoy it. Okay. Well, that, I, try to be, I try to be entertaining and informative, so even if you don't agree with me, hopefully you get one of those. I, I agree with that. <laughs> okay. I just want to make a couple of points. Um, you know, I'll let you know where I'm coming from. I'm not Republican and I'm not Democrat. I did not vote for Donald Trump the first time, but I did vote for him the second time because of his policies. I thought they were really good. Mm -hmm. So I want to say to Republicans or Democrats, and this is not news to anybody, I'm sure, but, you know, how much better off are you now than you were with Trump? All you have to do is check your retirement account, your savings account, your checking account, and your pocket just to see how much you know, money you have left after buying things that are just so overpriced. And that right there should be enough to get Donald Trump back in the office. What about any, any Republican? No, not any Republican. So why, why, why is Donald Trump uniquely, um, why is he a uniquely preferred candidate over anybody else who has essentially the same policies? Simply because he is not a career politician. Uh, Almost everybody up there are career politicians on the take. They've been bought and paid for. Donald Trump is not that. He is a businessman. And I think that's why we did very well under his regime. Now, you may not like his rhetoric. I understand that. He's not a polished politician. And that's why I think uniquely he can do the job again. But they will crucify him again. And when I say they, we're talking about the left-wing media. So 
I just think, right, checking your bank account should be enough to get him in. Because if you're a Democrat and you're satisfied with how puppet Biden is, you know, you deserve what you get. Yeah, but we all get it. This is the problem. And and uh, what 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 do you think for people who don't like Donald Trump and they're afraid that if he gets the nomination that he's going to lose again? He, he He's going to lose again. And then we get four more years of Joe Biden. Uh, I understand that. Uh, I guess it's a risk you have to take. And uh, right, but I don't. But I see. I, I guess I disagree that it's a risk we have to take. If there are other candidates that can, I, I've said this before. You know, the original uh, Tea Party movement. We there were people that came along in that original batch of candidates that were not polished po- uh, politicians, as you call right. them. Although I would submit at this point. You know, Donald Trump has been, I mean, he is a media personality and has been for decades. At some point, you know, shouldn't he, shouldn't there be some level of expectation that he doesn't just have sort of a diarrhea of the mouth, right? Like at some point, doesn't he, shouldn't we expect him to be able to formulate uh, uh, philosophical arguments in defense of policy uh, positions? I see what you're saying, but he is able to defend what people say about him. He is able, maybe he doesn't articulate the way it should be. He's not polished. Right, but at some point, shouldn't we be able to expect him in the public eye for as many decades as he has been? But then also, more importantly, being president for four years, having run for the office a prior year to that, and then the ensuing, you know, three years since then, like he's been doing speeches. He's At some point, shouldn't he be polished to some degree? I understood that argument seven years ago. I got that. Back in 2015, I understood that. But now it just seems kind of like an excuse for why he says stuff that doesn't make sense. Like, for example, on the Roe v. Wade question last night, he he says that um, I thought this was an interesting point he was making about how now the pro-life side has leverage in the debate. And I thought that's a, a really good point, one I had not considered. But on the other hand, he then says that he's open to this idea of federal legislation that Lindsey Graham has proposed, and then he dismisses the return of the issue back to the states and says that that isn't really even the point, when that is precisely the point. Right. That, and so things like that don't make sense to me. I understand that. Okay, now I would like to make another point. Okay, go for it. Um, I've heard a lot of people say, why do people get behind Donald Trump. Why do they rally behind him? I believe the reason is how he is just being mercifully crucified every day in every way by every network out there except for Fox. And I listen to them all. You know, MSNBC with Joy Race, um, every network, NBC, ABC, CBS, even a network called Free Speech TV. I mean, they are just extreme left, just mockery. Mm-hmm. And I think most people, and Democrats included, and I'm not, and I, there again, I'm not a Republican, can see through how they are crucifying this man. Well, I will. See, and I think a lot of people rally behind him mm-hmm. because of that. They can see through their game, what they're trying to do to him. Yeah, I think that, yeah, and, uh, Ken, I appreciate the call. I think 
I would put myself almost into that camp as well. I, I appreciate your your comments and your call. Uh, the the uh, the constant haranguing and the the misrepresentations, the uh, presumptions of bad faith and nefariousness, the false accusations, all of that stuff. It paints Trump as a victim. He then trades on that very effectively, and it wins him sympathy. And people look at him like, wow, I, I, I mean, I like the guy, but what they're doing to him is wrong. I put myself in that camp. What, what they did to him with the Steele dossier. And so, in fact, Jason Lewis, um, former congressman, uh, talk show host, and he does some fill-in work here on WBT still. He's got a sub stack as well. He wrote a book, um, Party Animal, I believe. But um, one of the things he said in defense of Trump and, and lobbying for Trump to be the nominee, he said, you know, Trump was the one that was wronged by the Steele dossier, by the intelligence community, by the, you know, the array of these entities and agencies and people. And so he should be the one to kind of, you know, reclaim the standard um, that that's only fair. That would be justice. Oh, hey, real quick, before I forget, Carolina Readiness Supply is prepping for its annual Heritage Life Skills event. It's coming up in July, and you can learn how to be better prepared and self-sufficient in the event of any emergency. Things like homesteading, canning, water storage, radio communications, herbal remedies, home defense, fermenting vegetables, all sorts of stuff. This is what Carolina Readiness Supply does. For beginners all the way to the most experienced preppers, Carolina Readiness Supply can help. Get your tickets now at carolinareadiness.com. That's carolinareadiness.com. Veteran-owned Carolina Readiness Supply. Will you be ready when the lights go out? Got an email here. The two biggest problems with Trump being the nominee. One, he can only serve one term, and then we're right back to where we are. And two, he may be able to beat Biden, but with him on the ticket, the Republicans will not win enough to carry the Senate and may very well lose the House. Trump drives the opposition to depose as we've seen the last three election cycles or as I don't know, drives the opposition to depose. Um, But that, yeah, that is true. Donald Trump is a turnout machine for the Democrats. He is. And I mean, Trump supporters can deny that all they want, but he is, he has that effect. He's not so much uh, a motivator for a lot of Republicans. He is for some, but not for a lot, not for, it's not like he is uh, like people are like I'm going to crawl over broken glass to vote for him. It's not a like that's not a, a a really widespread view. There are people that hold their nose to vote for him, right? And there are some that would crawl over broken glass for him, but they don't necessarily also translate into votes for other Republicans. And it doesn't help that Donald Trump. And by the way, I would point out like he is the establishment now. It's it's his party. He's been in charge of it, right? His his chairwoman, he threw all the support behind her. She's back in, right? So, like, this is, like, he is now, quote, the establishment. I understand, like, there are, you know, quote, rhinos and all that other stuff. But, the, but like, that's what the definition of the establishment is. It's like you're in control of the party, and he is. He's in control of the party. Now, people are still fighting him over that control, but it is his. That's the apparatus is his. Um, all right, James, thanks for hanging on. Welcome to the show. James, what's going on? Uh, yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I think I think you and I are aligning on a lot of this because I personally believe that Trump can't pull enough moderates to win. Mm-hmm. DeSantis with the right running mate, and if Trump would back away and back DeSantis, it would be a slam dunk in my opinion. But the reason I'm – what I wanted to ask you was, 
I was kind of curious that CNN is jumping on this bandwagon with Trump or appearing to do so. And it, the obvious reason is ratings, because Trump pulls in viewers. But right, right. Do you think CNN will continue this to try to help Trump get the nomination because they know he's the easiest conservative to beat? Well, I mean, that's what Hillary Clinton was banking on, right? That very same calculation was made in 2016 and 2015, right, by not just the Clinton campaign, but also a lot of media outlets, MSNBC, right? They had all this access. I mean, the biggest, yeah, the biggest promoters of Donald Trump, uh, I mean, I'm trying to remember what the number was for the, the, somebody did an analysis of the value of the airtime that Donald Trump received. Oh, yeah. And it was I mean, I know it was over a billion. I don't remember how many billions, right? But it was right. a lot of money's worth of free advertising that he enjoyed uh, yep. on these outlets. And I think part of it was that he was a ratings juggernaut for them. I don't know if they thought. I don't know if it was a cold calculation, like like we're now saying that, like the the Clinton camp was making. But I think now it would be, and I think that might be why you saw some of the media folks attacking cnn for giving him the platform in the first place last night yeah yeah but would you agree that it's there's some strategy going on here too because they feel like if trump wins the nomination that that they'll that that them's a win again yo yeah uh, yeah absolutely i mean and and they're going by past experience i mean how could you not rely on that as the yeah as the uh, as indicative of the future performance right I, right. I think the best the best path forward for conservatives is DeSantis with the right running mate and Trump supporting him. And and if that doesn't happen and someone goes independent, then we've lost, just like the Ross Perot thing. It's going to happen again. Right. But I will say that there's not um, – well, it they would have to declare as an independent way ahead of the filings and such, and that yeah. those deadlines are coming up. But um, the uh, – because they, there are – what do they call them? The uh, no sore loser laws – Whatever that, yeah. that they've put in place. So once you know, if you if you don't get the nomination in your party, if you've already declared as a candidate, then you can't turn around and run as an independent. So there there was some of that walling off that occurred because of the last election with Trump. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't think because I said the same thing. I believe like if Donald Trump had just stayed in retirement and um, and had just played the role of kingmaker, my goodness, like he yeah. would have been. Way more yep. powerful a figure, but I don't think his ego allows him to do that. I think he's right. got to come back and, you know, America, because, lo- I mean, the story arc, I mean, it really would be perfect, right? If he wins again, just yeah. as far as a story goes, and his, yeah. like, if you're the hero of your story, that would be the story arc of a lifetime. Can you imagine a ticket with DeSantis and Tel- Tulsi Gabbard, uh, Christy Nome, Nikki Haley, uh, who's I, he escapes me? The new guy that with uh, um, Vivek Ramaswamy. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I just think it'd be a blowout. Yeah, Tim uh, Scott. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there oh, were yeah, so many Tim other people. I mean, yeah. I mean, oh, uh, um, what's his face? Uh, Jeb Bush. I'm kidding. I'm just, uh, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. All right. Hey, uh, James. Appreciate the call, sir. All right. Thanks. All right, buddy. Take it easy. Yeah. Oh, what? What's wrong with Jeb? Oh, um. <laughs> please clap. Um, this was an example of Caitlin Collins last night trying to fact check Donald Trump in real time uh, over the election being stolen. But, but what you just said there, Republican officials debunked those claims about fraudulent ballots. We want to give you a chance Who? tonight. Who? 
Republican officials Ooh. in Georgia and every single state. Uh, there is no your own election officials, Mr. Look, President. Uh, well, so we wanted to give you a chance. afraid to take on the issue. Wait, wait, wait. Your own election officials? What election officials? Did did he have election officials? His election? Who's that? That's what I mean. If you're going to fact check someone in real time, you better come with the facts, right? But we have a big problem in this country. We have we wanted to elections. Give you a to we have elections that were horrible. If you look at what happened in Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, if you look at what happened in Detroit, Michigan, if you look at what happened in Atlanta, Atlanta. millions of votes. <laughs> and all you have to do is take a look at government cameras. You'll see them. People going to 28 different voting booths to vote to put in seven ballots apiece. So, I mean, Mr. President, and they're all I on have camera. to stop you there because because there is no evidence of that. Your own election officials testified to that and have said that Republicans in these states did this. In Georgia, there were multiple recounts, including a hand recount. We have questions about the claims. There you go. So there she pivots again. Right. Once again, like if you are going to act as a fact checker and demand fealty, then you have to come with the case. And if, if you wanted to make it about that, then just hammer away at that. I mean, I, I think it would have been boring after a while. But like this format, I think, was it was subpar. 